Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Recorded live. Lord, I say thank you. How'd you love on me and care for me when I didn't return to say, I, Lord, I say thank you. Now, when it seemed like I was losing it, I felt like giving up. I, Lord, I say thank you. Your love rushed in like a mighty flood and lifted me above and died. Lord, I say thank you. And I'll be thanking you and praising you for the rest of my life. For I come to know the power of your love and sacrifice. I appreciate all that you do, everything you do, and I want to say well, how you kept your hand upon me, though I've often gone astray. I, Lord, I say thank you. And how your spirit gently led me back to safety in your way. I, Lord, I say thank you. And I'll be thanking you and praising you for the rest of my life. For I've come to know the power of your love and sacrifice. And I appreciate all that you, everything you do. And I want to say... Thank you, Lord. I thank you. I want to say, I gotta say, thank you. I want to say, gotta say, gotta say, thank you. I want to say, gotta say, thank you. And Lord, I say thank you. Thank you for your love and your ultimate sacrifice. 
Lord, I say thank you. That's all the Lord wants you to acknowledge. He wants us to acknowledge that we are grateful for his ultimate sacrifice. Many things we sacrifice for family and friends, and when they don't show us the amount of gratitude or appreciation that we think that they should show, we are upset about it. We say we're not going to do it anymore. And so this is what God is saying to you and I, that we should show our appreciation and acknowledge his ultimate sacrifice. And he did it out of love. He did it out of love for you and I. And out of love, we ought to be showing him our gratitude. And how do we show God our love and gratitude? It's how we react with people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever just believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He did it for people. And for us to show our gratitude and our love to God, we have to do it through people. For the consideration of all of you who have your Bibles, let us turn to the 13th chapter of the book of St. Luke, Luke chapter 13. We want to look at the sixth verse. Luke chapter 13, verse 6. We thank God for that duet and all the songs of praise that have went forth to lift up the name of Jesus. Thank God for all of you who came out to this inclement weather to be a part of God's service. Luke chapter 13, verse 6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dumb it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. We like to speak from the subject, what fruit do you bear? What type of fruit? Do you bear? Our Father and our God, we thank you once again for this 
worship of the, uh, and the praises of the saints of God that have lifted up the name of Jesus. We thank you for the gathering of your people that have came in, dear God, to hear your holy word. And we pray, Father, for listening ear to hear what your spirit says into the church. And please, my master, give us the heart to receive what you have to say unto the church. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What fruits do you bear? This parable, it speaks in terminology of forming. A person who forms, a person who plants, a gardener, is one who plants seeds. And every seed that a farmer or gardener plants, he looks for something in return for his labor. Am I right? He looks for this seed to yield back unto him. And when the seed is planted in the ground, and watered and nurtured through time, through the watering and the nurturing of the seed. It breaks its way through the ground. It fights its way through a lot of dirt, a lot of rubbish, a lot of bricks that may be found in the soil. It fights its way through. And before long, we began to see that seed that was sown popping from out of the ground. And when we look at this in its perspective, it let us know that we, who God has planted here on this earth, if we're going to produce anything for God, we have to fight our way through some dirty stuff. We're not going to live for God. We're not going to be a witness for God without having to fight our way through some dirty stuff. And so we have to be nurtured. We have to be watered. And Paul said we must be watered with the word of God. He said as we as we fight through this, through this dirty stuff, he said, as the outer man perish, the inner man is being renewed day by day. It let me know that I'm not going to get to the place, amen, that God say that I am. Because God calls you holy even when you're still dirty. Even when you're still fighting through some stuff, he will call you holy. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And be ye perfect even as I am perfect. He's telling you what to be before you even become it. Because you know there's some things that we all are going to have to fight our way through. But the Bible said we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But in all points was tempted even as we are. We are tempted with a lot of things. Even people tempt us to say things out of our mouths that we shouldn't even say. People even tempt us to do and react to things the way that we shouldn't even have to, shouldn't have to react. Because we are supposed to be the people of God setting an example for the world. 
For we are in the world, but we are not. We are not of the world. And we should not respond as the world responds. And so therefore, we're going to have to fight our way through some dirty stuff. The seed that's planted. It don't just come overnight. It don't pop up out the ground overnight. It takes a period of time. It takes some nurturing. It takes some patience. It takes some watering. It takes some, some time for it to come forth. And so as the seed that's planted in the ground, so are we planted in the world. Many are called, but only a few are chosen. Every seed that's planted don't bring forth any fruits. It don't even come up out the ground. Because Jesus had gave us a parable about how the soil went out to sow and how some seeds fell up on the ground. Some fell among thorns and thistles, and some fell among stony places, and some fell upon good ground and brought forth fruit. So everything that's planted is not going to come forth. But if you have to fight through anything, you know that God has called you. And a lot of people that's in the church, that's Christians today, go through some things, and in their mind they allow the, the devil to play tricks with their mind and make them think that God didn't really call them. Make them think that they're really not saved because of some of the stuff that they're still dealing with. But baby, if you keep fighting your way through that dirty stuff, you'll become what God has called you to be. But you got to keep fighting. I remember the song that Sister Erica used to sing all the time. Whether through victory or defeat is up to me to decide. And you, you, you can't allow Satan to tell you because you've been fighting a certain issue in your life over and over and don't seem like you can get past it, that you're not saved, that God haven't called you, he don't have his hand on you. That's why you're fighting as hard as you are, because God do have his hand on you, baby. And so he said a certain man had a fig tree. Now, this parable that Jesus is giving concerning the fig tree, he's not really talking about a tree. He's talking about the people of God. He's talking about the nation of Israel who God had called to be his representative here in the earth. And that they were supposed to bring forth fruit. They were supposed to change the minds of people, the, the minds of nations, to come to the true and living God. And the only way that they're supposed to do this is live a certain way before man. And this is the thing God has given you and I to do, to live a certain way before mankind. And this is the only thing that's going to draw people to God is how we live before mankind. doesn't matter how much you talk and how well you can quote scripture. It's how well you live before men. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. For you are a city that's set up on a hill that cannot be hid. I don't care where you go at what you do. People are going to know that you don't belong in that world. They're going to know that you're not one of these because you are a city that's set on a hill. Something about you, something about your reaction going to let them know you're not really about this. 
You might act the part. You might try and play along with it, but you're not about that because God got his hand on you. You might try it for a little while, but you're a city, baby, that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. He says, so let your light shine before men so they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in the heavens. A certain man had a fig tree, and this fig tree, he planted it in his vineyard. Now, have you ever wondered why when he give a parable concerning trees, it's always about a fig tree? He don't say about an orange grove. He don't say nothing about grapes. It's always about a fig tree, even though he turned water into wine. And where we get wine from? From grapes. But he don't talk about it. He always talking in parables concerning a fig tree. Have you ever wondered about that? Why is he always using the parable concerning a fig tree? Well, I'm glad you asked. A fig tree brings fruits. And when the fruits begin to form on the tree, then come the leaves. The leaves always follow the fig. The fig shows the bud, and it begins to blossom. As it begins to blossom, the leaves come to protect the fruit, to keep the wind or the rain from damaging it, so it can ripen in due season. So when the figs come first, then the leaves come to protect it. And so when Jesus saw the fig tree, he saw the leaves, and it gave indication that there was fruits on the tree. We can dress the part. We can talk it and we can sing it. And it gives an indication that God is living on the inside and that we have the fruits of his spirit. But when people come to us, when things happen and we handle it in an ungodly manner, they find out that God is not really living on the inside of that individual. It's planted. It looked good. It had leaves on it that indicated it had the right type of fruits on it. That's at a, at a glance. But when a person approaches you, and if they approach you in a bad way or something happened, and you hold revenge and, 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 and all kind of malice and things, then they find out that there's not the right fruits that's on the tree. And so when it came to, to the tree that indicated that it should have fruits on it, the Bible says he found, he found none. Found none. Behind three years of being saved, behind any time that we didn't spend with God, any songs we didn't learn, any Bible study we didn't been to, any Sunday school we didn't attended, they should find something inside of us that indicate that Christ is the head of our lives. That we have the Spirit of God. That God had been working on this building. He'd been dressing this, this vineyard. He'd been watering it and, and, and nurturing it. There should be something. You hear people say all the time, I, I may not be what I should be, but I'm not what I 
Because you, you find that there's something that I knew about you, you don't do no more. Something that you used to, used to go to, you don't go there no more. Some words that used to come out of your mouth, it don't come out there no more. But there's still something that needs some work done on it. And it wasn't the fact that, that there was only a few fruits. The Bible say he found none. There should be some type of indication, my sisters and brothers, that, 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 that God had been working on this building. That God had been, been nurturing this vineyard. Because we've been planted here by God. It goes on to say that Jesus talks to the dresser and tells him, I've been coming here for three years seeking fruit on this fig tree. I haven't found anything. So go and cut it down. Why, why do we allow it to take up space? Why cumber it? Why continue to work on it, continue to preach and teach to it, and it don't want a response to the nurturing that had been given to it? But I'm so glad that somebody been praying for me. I'm so glad that somebody been having patience with me and talking to God and saying, Lord, no, don't cut him down now. Don't cut him down. I, I know what you're saying, but, but let's have some, some, some patience with him. We're looking at grace at its best right here. The best thing you can see about grace, you can see it right here. When it should be cut down, when it should, anybody in here should have been dead a long time ago? Anybody in here should have, should have failed and, and shouldn't be where you're at, should, shouldn't have a roof over your head, shouldn't have what you're having? Isn't anybody in here that may, may, may be thinking like I'm thinking, that I shouldn't even be here? But grace, it was nothing but God's grace. Nothing but God's grace and the prayers of the saints that say, Lord, don't cut him down. Lord, give him another chance. God then gave you and I many chances. You hear the people sing and say, God is the God of another chance. That's how God's grace works on you and I. Because he's the God of another chance. Not just a second chance, but another chance. Because I didn't want my chances out. But the Bible says each day I woke up with a brand new mercy. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. That's the thing that has sustained you. That's the thing that has kept you. It's not your, your spouse. It's not the money or the job you got. Not the family that you came from or the neighborhood you live in. It's nothing but God's grace. Nothing but his grace. He said, why Cumbria? Why take any more time with this thing? Why continue to allow it to take up space in my vineyard? Let's cut it down and be done with it. Let's throw it away. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. Not worth the time. Not worth my love. Not worth my concern. Let's just pluck it up from out of the ground. Cut it down. But somebody prayed for me. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for somebody praying for me. And the Bible says he answered, said, Lord, let it alone this year also. If you waited three years, let's wait one more. Somebody got one more chance. God has given somebody one more year. Every year, look, we're about to come to another close of another year. Last year, around this same time, we didn't say so many things to God that we wasn't going to do anymore. 
So many things that we were going to commit ourselves to God to do. You need to look at that list of words that you said to God around this time last year. At the closing of last year, what was it that you told God that you were going to do? What was it that you prayed and asked God to stop you from doing? What was it that you prayed God and talked to him about being committed to his cause? Check your list and check it twice. Find out if you've been naughty or nice. Thank you, Lord. This time last year, we, we made our list. Lord, I'm going to do this, and Lord, I'm going to do that. Lord, I'm going to get away from this. Lord, help me with that. Check your list and see how much of it you can put a check mark at. The dresser of the vineyard. He didn't own the vineyard. He was only the dresser. And he pleaded to his master, say, Lord, don't cut it down. Give it another chance. Give it one more year. And just think, if, if, if in another year, if it produced, you didn't gain your interest from it. And if not, you can still cut it down because you're the master. And so we need to watch what type of fruits that we're bearing. We need to watch how we carry ourselves of what we're saying. Because the spirit is warring against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. Every time the Bible said you tend to do good, evil is forever present. Every time you think about forgiving somebody, something else come up to say, I know I shouldn't be around them. That's why I don't talk to them. That's why I don't want to have nothing to do with them. That's the way I feel about them too. Misery love company. The Bible says if we bite and devour one another, we'll be consumed one of another. And that's all Satan is trying to get us to do, to be divided. A house that's divided against itself, it can't stand. It can't stand. And so what Satan does, he put envy, put strife between us so we can't come together. And so Paul said that the spirit it was against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. That's, what, that's the fruits. That's the fruit that God is talking about. He ain't talking about no fig. He ain't talking about going out and talking. He's talking about how we live, how we act, and how we treat one another. Because how we treat one another is responsive to how much we show love to God. And so Paul tells us in the book of Galatians about the fruits of the flesh. He let us know where we're at in our lives. When we look upon ourselves and, and, and we put all of this makeup and this mascara on and we dress up and be so pretty, that's only outward appearance, amen, of what we're supposed to be on the inside. Lord, help us. We, 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 we dress up, amen, and, and, and back in New Orleans, all they do, they call these type of people is Mardi Gras, amen, because behind all of that is the real person. The real person is not the person you're looking at in the mirror. The real person is buried on the inside. Just like the seed is buried in the ground that it would bring forth fruit. Amen. The real person of us, the real person is buried on the inside. I don't care how well you look at somebody when they come out their house and talk about how good they're dressing, how fine they look and how pretty they are. Oh, you look so good with that makeup on. But what's on the inside? What's buried behind it? Paul talks about the fruit of the flesh. He said it works. Now, look, I want you to check this out. We're going to go into Bible study just for a moment. I'm not going to keep you all long. 
Well, I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished, but I want you to see these things so you can see where you at. Look, look what he's saying. Now, when you look at the book of Galatians and he talk about the flesh, he talks about it in plurality. He said the works, W-O-R-K-S, the works of the flesh. They are manifested. They are made known. This is how you know whether a person is in the spirit or in the flesh, regardless of how well they sing, how well they can preach or teach. You can know whether they are in the spirit of God and God is living on the inside of them. He said they are manifested in these things here. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, hearsay, envy, murdering, drunkenness, reveling. He said, in such like manner shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if any of these things here, that's been revealed is on the inside of you. If any of these type of fruits is coming from you or from me, then there's something that we need to work on. Now he goes on to say, now these are the fruits of the spirit. Now, when he says spirit is only one, and the very first thing he leads off with is love, which means that everything else that comes from that, it all comes from love. But the flesh, had many things that it worked from. It had many things that it worked from. But when you, when you walk in the spirit of God, when you have the love of God in your heart, then all the rest of this stuff is going to come. And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, love, endure it all things. It believe all things. It bear it all things. For love, it never ends. One thing about love, it'll never end. Regardless of how much a person do you, regardless of how much a person say about you, you're going to love anyway. Not because of, but you'll love in spite of. Because you'll realize how far God brought you from, how much God showed you love, and so you're willing to show that same love and patience to somebody else. The very first thing when they talk about the fruit, the works of the, of the Spirit, it talks about love. And if you've got any kind of love of God in your heart, you're going to have forgiveness. You're going to have peace. You're going to be long-suffering because God was long-suffering with you. So we talk today concerning what type of fruit do you possess? And so it's incumbent upon you and I to search ourselves. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge. He said, but the word that I speak shall judge you. And we don't come here to judge one another because everybody in here, including the preacher, needs some type of work done on them. And so we should do what? Search ourselves. Not our neighbor, not our spouse, not no one else, but we need to look within ourselves and say, Lord, I need you to work on this for me because I need your love that I could be long-suffering that I could be, be, be forbearing, that I could be patient and forgiving, that I could have these things, Lord, that you say that me as a child of God should have gentleness and goodness, meekness, temperance. I shouldn't have to 
fly off the handle so fast. When somebody do something that I think that they shouldn't do or say something to me that, that they shouldn't say, I should have some type of temperance. And so we need to have some of this worked on inside of us. Somebody here needs to say, Lord, work on me. Somebody ought to say, work on me, Lord. We need some work done. We need some work done because we need temperance. We need meekness. We need gentleness. We need goodness and long-suffering, and we need peace. We need peace. Do you realize when, you're not, when you don't have peace with others, you don't have peace with yourself? Because every time you see that individual, every time you hear their name, you, you flare up, and you lose your peace. You lose your joy. But when you have love, when you have the love of God, you would have all the rest of these fruit that goes with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Love give it all to you. Love will give it all to you. Love will give it all to you. And sometimes you look at that individual who have it and say, I don't understand how they can take all of this. I don't see how you can go through all of that. How can you do this? You can do it when you have the fruit of God's Spirit, which is love. And so instead of being cut down at a short time in your life, don't live out the days that God had promised for you. You can do it if you bring forth the fruit. Bring forth the fruit of love. We're picking up money for those that's less fortunate, the homeless, to help out and to share with others who don't have as we have. And it's not like as if though we have everything, but what we have we're willing to share. That's showing love. That's showing concern for other people other, that's less fortunate than what you are. And, and these people that we're sending this money to, how many of them do you know? How many of them do you know? You know any of them that we're sending this money to? We're sending it to Star of Hope, who's going to be reaching out to people who's homeless, who's hungry, who's destituted, people who's, who need shelter. During this winter, this, this winter season, a lot of people are sleeping out on the street, but the Star of Hope finds shelter for these people and give them warm blankets, places to, to sleep, and food to eat. How many of those people do you and I know? We don't know any of them. What is my point? What is the morals of what I'm trying to say? If we can help those and reach out to those who we don't know and show them love, amen. I'm finished. That's what I'm going to leave you with. That's what I'm going to leave you with. I believe, and I'm just talking, I believe it's very hypocritical of us all or anybody to say that we want to do something that's godly and reach out to people who we don't even know. But yet we can't reach out to those. Amen, somebody. Am I right? Is it anything really in what I'm saying? We can't hold on to these things. We're about to cross over into another year. We got, what, about two, three more weeks before we cross over into another year. 
We can't carry those same baggages from this year over to the next year. We've been carrying them baggages too long. When we read in the scripture, what did the, what did the master of the vineyard say? He said, I've been waiting three years. Three years, and I've come to this fig tree three years and haven't found nothing. I haven't never found no fruit on this street, not one. Let's cut it down. And somebody prayed and said, Lord, give it another chance. Give it at least another year. And if there's no fruit on it when you come back the next year, then you can cut it down. But then if it brings it bring forth fruit, well, then you have received some type of reward from your, from your giving. God is looking for a return on what he has done for you and I. God done anything for you in here? Have God, have God done anything for you? Whatever God has done for you, God say, I'm looking for a return on what I've done for you. And so when I come back, I'm coming looking for a return on my investment in you. And I'm going to give you another year. Now, we got a whole year just to work on one thing. Now, if we got three, four, five things that's going on in our lives that shouldn't, if we can work on just one thing, when he come back, at least he's going to find that one fruit. He said, okay, while well, you're working. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And God is saying that I have made a great investment in you. I planted you here in this vineyard to bring forth fruit, to show somebody the love of God working on the inside of you. And I share the same love that I gave you, share it with somebody else. So what type of fruit do you possess? God bless you, saints. I'm finished. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for, for coming out. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming to all this climate weather to be here on today. I pray that something was said have resonated with you, with your spirit, with your heart, that you are willing to work on something that you need to work on. Are you, are you, do you admit, at least admit, that there's something that you need to work on? I know it's something I need to work on. There's something that we all need to work on. And, you, and we can't do it on our own. We have to let God know, I need you to work on this for me. Amen. Let us stand as we're about to be dismissed. Yes, Lord. There's a leak in this old building, and my soul has got to move. Oh, my soul has got to move. My soul has got to move. There's a leak in this old building, and my soul has got to move. I got to move to a brand new home. Oh, this building just keep on leading, and my soul has got to move. Oh, my soul has got to move. My soul has got to move. This old building just keep on leading, and my soul has got to move. I got to move. 
to a brand new home. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the songs of praise. Thank you for those who came to uh, invoke you into the service. Thank you for the songwriters. Thank you for the songists. Thank you for all of those who came, Lord, to be a part of your service. Now, Father, we're about to leave this place for never from your presence. Lord, we pray that the grace and mercy of God rest rule in the Bible is henceforth and not forever. Let's all respond by saying, Amen.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.